So let's get our Bibles out, and as is our custom, let's just lift our Bibles up, wave them around, make Jesus glad, the devil mad. Let's get into the Word tonight, and uh, let's say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm so glad for Wednesday night. It gives me a chance to delve into the deeper things of God. I'm hungry and thirsty for more of you, more of the Word, more of your Spirit, more of your presence. My faith is growing exceedingly in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. All right, John chapter 16, please. And we're going to read uh, what Jesus had to say about the Holy Spirit. And he said here in verse 12, John 16, 12, and of course this is the night before he was crucified. The disciples are, are sad and they're reeling and uh, they don't understand. And he says to them, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. He says, so you just weren't ready. And first of all, they weren't born again yet. He hadn't gone to the cross yet. So they're spiritually dead. So there's only so much that they can retain. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Now, a couple of uh, in, uh, verses here, verse 13 and 14, uh, out of the Keichmer uh, edition. Uh, verse 13, and, and what is coming will be accurately informing you. Be accurately informing you. And then in verse 14, from out of my own shall he be receiving and then accurately informing you. So, I wanted to talk tonight about the Holy Informer. <laughs> We're talking about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. But uh, the Holy Informer, you know, uh, much has been written about our intelligence uh, agencies, especially lately. Uh, FBI, the CIA, the DIA, the NSA, the NRO, the NGA, <laughs> and 11 other partners that they uh, supply intelligence and, uh, you know, we, we know that they've been uh, weaponized against Christians. It's really the spirit of Antichrist is working in our government. And these institutions that we've always trusted, we've always admired, at least I have, have turned. And, uh, and so, <clears throat> but thank God we're not dependent on just that. We've got the holy informer. <laughs> He's got, uh, he's the greatest intelligent agents, uh, agent that's ever, revealer of secrets ever known, the Holy Spirit. And he truly is our holy informer. He will accurately inform you, accurately. Isn't that wonderful? Accurately. See, we've got inaccurate informing going on. We've got li outright lies going on. We've got outright crimes being committed that are going unpunished in our intelligence agencies and even in the DOJ. But we've got the holy informer, praise God. 
And uh, he's constantly receiving actionable intelligence. That's, one, that's another word they like to use, actionable. Actionable intelligence. In other words, it's so accurate that you can act on it. You can put it, you, know, you, can, you can do something about what you're hearing. Uh, I think about when I see that word actionable intelligence, I think about uh, the prophet Elijah, who, or Elisha rather, Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 6, the king of Syria was about ready to have a purge of all of his inner circle because he was convinced that there was a spy that was informing Israel of his every move. And, and one of his advisors said, no, king, it's not us. We don't have any spies. But uh, there's that prophet Elisha that everything that you say in your bedchamber, he reports to the king of Israel. <laughs> you know, I think God... Can, can tell us some things, you know, that are going on, but, you know, that nobody would know that he knows. I'm telling you, he hears everything going on behind closed doors. And so, uh, uh, <clears throat> so no, you know, I want to make this point about the Holy Spirit. We talked about here a couple of weeks ago following the Holy Ghost. And tonight, the Holy Informer, I mean, we, he's got so many roles to play in our lives, and we need to realize that we can expect him to inform us. He, we can expect him to do what he said he would do. And uh, so we're not groping in the dark. See, it's not, yeah, brother, but we're live by faith. God doesn't tell us everything. Well, I know God doesn't tell us everything, but he will tell us more than what we've been expecting. And that's my point of this message. Let's get over in the middle of the road. Let's not get over in the ditch, not expecting anything from the Holy Ghost. No, he will show you things to come, he said. Uh, in fact, that means show you the future, you know. And so we, we read here in verse 15, the holy informer will take of Jesus' inheritance and show it or inform it unto you, whatever belongs. He said, he said you know, what the Father has is mine. He said that, Jesus said that, and, and, and he said in, in verse uh, verse 15, all things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore, said I, he shall take of mine and show it unto you. See, what does that mean? The holy informer will show you what belongs to you. He'll show you your inheritance. If you were paying attention Sunday morning, I had a, a word from the Lord, a prophetic word that I, that I spoke. And uh, I had a miniature vision attached to it what, during praise and worship. And instead of telling you the vision, I just prophesied it. But uh, the prophecy was along the lines of we're standing on a precipice. You know, what's a, what's a precipice? We're like edge of the Grand Canyon is what I, what I saw in this little miniature vision. But what I realized, it was Moses standing on Mount Nebo looking over into the promised land and he couldn't go there. And a lot of people, all they see is the fog of this world, the, the drop off, the great distance downward and it's kind of intimidating standing on the edge of a precipice but God wants us to see that he's got some things that are that have been prepared for us that are reserved for us how are we going to know what they are the holy informer he'll take of mine Jesus said and it will show it unto you he will give you actionable intelligence about what belongs to you <laughs> he'll inform you He'll inform you of what the Word says you have and, and what's not written in the Word. 
You know, there's some things that God has for you that aren't written in the Word. They're just not, they're not there. I mean, this church wasn't written in the Word, and yet the Holy Informer informed me, yeah, I've called you to pastor, and the name of that church is going to be Glorious Way Church, and it's going to be a church that's, uh, you know, that you're going to emphasize the Word and the Spirit. He was, you know, he began to inform me of things that, that you know, he, he informed me that the, the, my first address of the first church, the building that we had was 6827 FM 1960 West, Houston, Texas, 77066. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's pretty specific information the Holy Ghost gave me. So, uh, you know, I, I've got this testimony recently. I've had this happen to me before. I, most of you know, maybe you don't know, but I'm, I'm a car nut, a self-confessed car nut. I like cars. I've had a lot of them in my life. And, and one of the things that God had to do for me is he had to cleanse me of the tendency to allow that to be an idol. And so I've had to become patient and I've had to drive things that are maybe not my greatest desire. Maybe my, they weren't the best my highest idea of what I would like to drive. And so I went through a period of time where I had, was tested on that. I remember one time God uh, informed me that one of my beautiful antique cars, a 1940 Cadillac, he said, I want you to give it in the offering. <laughs> I want you to give it to Lakewood. <laughs> and I did. So I passed the test. You have to pass some tests with God from time to time. And so, uh, and so anyway, recently... I have a pickup and I I was thinking about trading it because it was it was uh it had a lot of warranty work that was done on it. I wasn't really very sure that it would last through its warranty period and uh besides that I didn't want to have to fool with it. If it didn't, you have to argue with them to fix things and stuff. I hadn't gotten to that point. And the price for the truck had gone up in recent months since I'd got a bid on it and and I still didn't pull the trigger. I didn't really know what I wanted. I didn't really know what the next vehicle would be. And since I didn't know, I didn't rush, and I just was patient. And I'm talking about the holy informer. I'm talking about him showing you things that belong to you that are not written. So I waited, and then I saw this vehicle, and I thought, well, this is a pretty nice, and and so it didn't cost me any money. I didn't put a deposit, but I ordered one that I wanted. It's going to take a year to get it. You know how things are. Maybe you don't know, but supply chain interruptions, chip shortages and stuff. So it's not something you can just go out and buy right today. So I didn't risk anything. I just said, okay, order it with this equipment on it. And uh, she said, you'll call you when it comes in. If you still want it, you can get it. If you don't want it, we'll, we'll sell it to somebody else. So it wasn't a big deal. So I had it on order, but it wasn't, it wasn't official, really. I didn't sign my name to a loan or anything like that. But, uh, you know, finally a few months go by, six months, eight months, and I see this vehicle come up on my, on my iPhone, I'm, this little website that I look at about cars, and I was smitten. I said, ooh, I hadn't. I hadn't seen this one, and uh, I liked it, and I started doing some research. I liked it some more, and then I got to liking it so much, I said, okay, Lord, I tell you what, I'm just going to, I'm going to put this thing to death. I don't have to have this car. I mean, it's, 
It's a nice car and everything, but I don't have to have it. I can still drive my truck. And so I just kind of cooled it. You know, I didn't rush into it, see. I just waited. I didn't ask God to give it to me. I didn't, I just said, you know, well, if you want me to have it, I know I'll know by the witness. I'll know. I don't know that right now. I'm just going to put that all on hold. A couple of days went by and uh, I kept kind of looking at it. So this time I thought, well, how many of them? It was a, what it was was a collector edition of a, of a car. And there's only 394 of them made in the whole, uh, whole uh, world. And, uh, and some of those are right-hand drive. So I don't know how many are in the States. Not that many. Maybe 150. I don't know. But it was kind of intriguing, I have to say. I was, I was intrigued. So I just, I just said, yeah, Lord, I don't have to have it. I've got total walk-away power. I don't have to have it. I don't have to have it. I like it, but I don't have to have it. I don't want it unless it belongs to me. And so, see, the Holy Ghost will inform you what belongs to you. See, I didn't want to go in the flesh. I've done that before. It's no, it's no fun to own things in the flesh. They never are a blessing. <laughs> so anyway, uh, and then, you know, another week goes by. I said, well, I wonder how many of them are in the country. Well, there was only three in the whole country, in the United States. And I thought, well, that is rare. <laughs> And the closest one at that time was in Dallas. I thought, Dallas, well, I could make a trip to Dallas and just at least look at it and test drive it. But I didn't. I didn't do anything. Another week goes by, and I check again, and there's one right here in Houston. Well, then, you know, gosh, it's not going to be anything to go across town, West Houston, and look at it, sit in it, drive it. Then I'll know. Then I'll know whether... It's really you. I can have a witness when I'm actually got. And also, they can look at my truck and give me a price on it. If they don't give me the price on it, then I'll know it's not favor and I'll know it's not mine. Well, make a long story short, they gave me more money for my truck than, than the, the highest bid I had almost eight months ago. They gave me $3,000 more for my truck <laughs> than eight months ago It was my best bid. And I really liked it, and I really had the witness, and so I acquired it. I got it. See, I, so that's, see, he ought to inform, and I pastor all this stuff about a car. Well, you know, if you're like me, you just want what God wants for you, but you don't want less than what God wants for you. I mean, God doesn't get any glory by people just shooting low and making it. Let's, let's, let's get what God has for us. Let's, let's believe God. Jesus paid the price for us to have certain things. We ought to have them. Whether it's cars or whether it's, uh, it's money to give in the offering or whether it's health or whether it's whatever it is. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> you know, I don't go to the doctor to get, to, to get informed about my health. I inform my health what the Bible says about it. And I tell, it, I tell my body uh, what to believe about my health. I do go to the doctor because I have specialists that I report to every six months or so just in case there's anything that I've missed. If there's anything going on in my body that they detect with a test, I know that's the natural, I know that's the flesh, but at the same time, it's all part of me resisting sickness and disease. That's how I look at going to the doctor. I don't go to the doctor because I depend on the doctor. I go to the doctor as a signal to the devil. I'm not putting up with sickness and disease in my body. Hallelujah. 
Oh, come on, let's lift our hands right now. Thank God for the holy informer. He uses, praise God, every means to let you know what belongs to you. He said, Jesus said it. He said, you know, all that the Father has is, has is mine. And so everything the Father has is his. And he said, and I give it unto you. Isn't that wonderful? If the Father's got it, it it's mine. <laughs> all right. So then the second one that we want to talk about, the holy informer. We'd mentioned here in verse 13. He said, I, in verse 13 of John 16, he said, I will show you things to come. The Weymouth translation of that is, I'll show you the future. I'll show you the future. Now I realize that the futuristic things are like a word of wisdom. That's the future. And God can give us a piece of the future and the gift of the Spirit. But here, you know, and so it's as the Spirit wills. We don't always get to know everything. But then on the other side, we should let the Lord know, hey, I'm, I'm willing to, to act on actionable intelligence. If you, ever, if you ever decide to show me what's going to happen, I'm going to act like it's true. I'm going to act like it's going to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make decisions based on that as if it's absolute. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? So let's confess. I like to confess that whatever's in the future that's critical for me to know, that I know it. God knows what I need to know. It doesn't have anything to do with walking by faith. Yeah, we have to walk by faith, not by sight. I don't walk by the futuristic. I don't walk. I don't wait for visions and dreams and futuristic things to, to, to do things. I walk on the witness of the Holy Spirit. That's one, that's one way to look at it. But on the other side of it, let's not cut off what Jesus said we could have. And he said, the Holy Informer will show you the future. I've had him show me some pretty amazing things. I've had him show me some things that I really wasn't sure why I needed to know them. They weren't positive. Well, you know, if God showed them to me, it's because I needed to know them. Just that simple. Just that simple. So, uh, let's not walk in darkness. That's my, that's my bottom line of this. Let's not walk in darkness when light is available. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of light. He will illuminate you. He will inform you, praise God, of things in the future that you need to know. I mean, so, you know, it's, I've been to the hospital a few times. I've been in ICU. I've had some surgery. I, I had an open heart surgery. When I was in, that, in the uh, place where they were doing the diagnostic test that confirmed their suspicions, their suspicion was that I had blockages. And I kind of knew that I did, even though I had no symptoms of blockages. I had stood against blockages because I had another test by another doctor that indicated it six months before that. And I was standing against it. I was doing everything I could in the natural against it. So when they came to me, Mr. Griner, you are seriously blocked up and we're going to have to do a triple or perhaps a quadruple bypass. And we need to do it right now. I said, well, I'm taking blood thinner. So they had to wait a couple of days. And even then it wasn't long enough. I was very thin when they did the surgery. But um, 
I began to hear that news and I, and I said, you know, Lord, that's a long surgery. I mean, you know, and as it turned out, it was even longer than I thought. Usually they're about three and a half hours. Mine was seven, seven and a half. The longer it is, the more risk. Well, we don't talk about risk. Well, you know, the natural side is risk. I mean, every, no, what I'm talking about is giving the devil place to kill you. So you've got an anesthesiologist, you've got at least three surgeons, you've got all these nurses, you've got all these per people around you, all of which uh, could possibly make a fatal mistake and it happens every day. I mean, they either give you the wrong medication or they do the surgery wrong or something happens. So, you know, it's not wrong to consult the holy informer for actionable intelligence, actionable intelligence to see if a surgery is worth the risk. Because, you know, when you have that, you're saying, okay, devil, take a shot at me. You don't want to do that. You don't want to say that, but that's kind of what you're saying because you're putting your life on the line when you go through some of these kind of surgeries. Maybe not a minor surgery, but some of these other surgeries, they're significant. But I had peace. See, I didn't have to have an answer. I knew I had peace about going through the surgery. Even though, you know, a hospital stay by itself is risky. Especially ICU, it's risky all by itself. Uh, years ago, my precious wife, Gladys, fell. Coming out of a restaurant, she broke her kneecap in two. And we had no insurance and at the time. And we just, uh, I went out in the parking lot, prayed over her, and, and her, her kneecap went right back together. It was just a clean break, break broken completely in two. So I, I, she couldn't walk. And so, and of course, whenever she stood up, it would, it would separate. And then she wouldn't be able to move her legs. So I put her in the car and uh, drove her to the emergency room at Tomball. And they looked at her and uh, she confirmed that it was broken. I said, how do they fix that? So, well, they, she'll have to have an orthopedic surgeon. We don't, can't do that right now. Swelling involved, but. You'll have to get an appointment with an orthopedic guy and they'll probably wrap wire around it and put it together. And then you'll have to have a second surgery to remove the wire. And so I asked the doctor, I said, doctor, we believe in divine healing. How long do we have uh, before it's not good for us to wait any longer. I mean, how long do we have? He said, well, you've got two to three weeks because after that, the bone starts to put out little feelers and it wants to grow back together, but it can't. And then that will hinder the bones from knitting back together as cleanly as they can if you go ahead and have the surgery. I would say maximum is three weeks. I said, well, thank you. Well, why did I ask that question? Because I wanted to give God time to, to heal her supernaturally. Why? Because surgeries are risky. I mean, you know, a lot of times we just think we just got to have a surgery. Well, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a surgery. You don't necessarily have to do what the oncologist says when you get cancer. You don't necessarily have to do everything the doctor says. Sometimes you've got the holy informer that can tell you when you get mature in these things, sometimes the Holy Ghost can lead you in a little different direction. I don't know who this is for, but I've seen it happen. I've seen people turn down chemotherapy. I've seen people turn down uh, radiation. 
and uh, and yet and take part of the part of the package and not the whole package. And I've seen them get healed. I've seen them get their health uh, health back. So the main thing is is let's pay attention to the Holy Ghost who will give you what He said was accurate. He said, "I will, I will give you. I will accurately inform you." See, that's the key. Accurately inform you. And so. I just want to encourage you tonight, you know, in your finances and your health and your life and every aspect of it, know that you've got the holy informer that's ready and willing and able to give you actionable intelligence that you can absolutely rely on and you can trust him for the results. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and receive the word of God tonight. Hallelujah. Thank God for the holy informer. Hope it blessed you tonight. Bless me just delivering it to you. Remembering some of these testimonies, praise God.